This week on Florida's Fourth Estate, buildings in Florida swaying from an earthquake? I felt the building shaking a little bit. Um, along the window, the cords were banging up against the wall. Plus, a Florida daycare sends a message to a mom, and it's written on her kid's stomach in marker. It says, Mom, I'm out of diapers. And our fill-in host this week, investigator Adriana Ivashinsky, takes us into the murky waters of Florida's guardianship program. It's supposed to protect our most vulnerable, but there are questions. But as we know, there was a man who she was in charge of that she placed a do not resuscitate order on, even though he said, no, I don't want one. Hello and welcome to this week's riveting edition of Florida's Fourth Estate. My name is Matt Austin. This is our first gingerless edition of the show, but we have a fantastic fill-in. I do want to give you a heads up. Ginger had her surgery. She is doing wonderfully. She's already up and getting around. She's in a little pain, but she's tough as nails. She sure is. You are Adriana Ivashinsky. You know, when we get new people, you're not new. You've been here a few years now. Right. But whenever we get a new person, I always look in the email when they say, oh, somebody's joining us. I saw your name and I panicked because I have to say it a lot. Adriana <laughs> Ivashinsky. It is a mouthful. I had to say it, I, you know, every time I'd see you, Adriana Ivashinsky. He sings it in the newsroom. I do, yes. And that, <laughs> and I haven't messed it up on air. No, yeah. you're great. So, you are really good at selling my name. One of the worst ever we had, uh, she was wonderful, but we had a reporter named Amaka Ubaka, and they would always, just for fun, put her live in a popka. And it was. <laughs> That's just mean. I think they did that just uh, because they hate me. That's just me. But she's gone now. I think she's in Boston. Adriana, so glad to have you on the show. Thank you for having me. You are a fantastic investigator for us here at News 6 in Orlando. And one thing you have really taken a hard look at is the guardianship program here in Florida. Uh, This whole Rebecca Furley case has popped up Mm -hmm. with this woman who was writing do not resuscitate orders for people who didn't ask for them. Right. And it just opened up. Most people have never heard of this. They didn't I know I had it not existed. heard about guardianships until this happened, and I really started doing a deep dive. And honestly, it was because a viewer called us to start looking into his case. And so I started doing research on this a couple of years ago before the Rebecca Furley investigation even started. And I was fascinated to learn that there are people out there that can take over your life, Mm -hmm. literally. They make all of your financial and medical decisions for you if you have been deemed incapacitated. And that gets decided in a court of law. And even if you think that you're in control, I'm a grown up, I'm a grown adult, I've been taking care of myself forever, but to have a court then take something over and say, I'm sorry, we feel that Mm -hmm. you do need some help to protect yourself, to protect you even sometimes from people in your own family who might try to take advantage of you. So the purpose of guardians and the guardianship program is to protect people, Mm -hmm. is to protect elderly loved ones, incapacitated loved ones. Um, But unfortunately, like in many cases, sometimes a couple bad apples can spoil the barrel. And it appears that is what happened here. It's We're good still intentions. investigating. Good intentions Lots behind this. Lots of guardians are in 
are really are good saints. people. Yeah, yeah, really. And we're going to talk about both sides of that coming up. I look forward to uh, diving in deep with you on that because it is a fascinating thing. Uh, Lots has, has been happening even really, recently, even yeah. as early as yesterday. So we'll talk about that. All right. Awesome. So glad to have you here, Adriana. You. First off, we always start out with our headlines of the week that really grabbed our attention for mm -hmm. the craziest thing I thought was that people in Florida felt a little rumbling from an earthquake. So let's show you uh, what some people felt. This was down in the Miami Dadeland area. Right. And you can see these people had to evacuate this building. This is in Florida. I, you don't expect to feel the ground move in Florida, but that is exactly and what the these And the earthquake folks... happened outside of Jamaica. Yes, it was between Jamaica and Cuba. Very powerful, 7.7. Right. Let's hear what some of these folks in Miami had to say who were in this building. Around two o'clock, I felt the building shaking a little bit um, along the window. The cords were banging up against the wall. And then we got an email to uh, evacuate the building. OK, if I'm in Florida and I'm in a high rise and the building starts shaking, I'm peeing a little probably <laughs> because that's going to you just don't expect that. Well, no, you don't expect it. But I'm really impressed to see all of these people got out because yeah. that's what you need to do. You do not know what's going to happen. And I'm very impressed that people took the proper safety precautions, mm -hmm. got out of the building. You know, what would be worse is if they would have stayed in there and something really bad happened. So I'm glad people are taking the necessary measures and aren't just taking things for granted. You have to act in these sort of emergencies. You do. Yeah. Scientists say they haven't people haven't experienced a quake like this in that area since like the 1700s. So oh my gosh. Puerto Rico has just been right. struggling with earthquakes recently. Exactly. And it's, it's a weird fear that most of us in our life. Have you ever been in an earthquake? I have felt a little rumble once when I was in Oklahoma. Okay, I was uh, about to bring this up yeah. because both Matt and I worked in Oklahoma at one time. When you left, it wasn't as bad, but the oil business started doing fracking and things like that. Mm -hmm. It got a lot worse. And so, yeah, you can, you know, feel the trembling and it is a little nerve wracking. Um, oh, yeah. Depending on where you're at. I was once in a bathtub when it hit. Oh, and my I'm gosh. like, are you kidding me? You feel so vulnerable. You feel so, you know, not in control. And uh, so it's a wake up call that you have to have a plan in place. Yeah. The one thing you think is always going to be stable in there is the ground. <laughs> <laughs> when that starts changing, your whole mind starts yeah. freaking out. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, OK. Another crazy story we had this week. This it's guy, Florida. It is. And this is a very typical Florida story. So this guy is in Winter Haven. Mm -hmm. He went into a Walgreens and somehow he fell asleep. Because that's what you do when you go to Walgreens. You know, I mean, Walgreens can, uh, you know, there's NyQuil in there. <laughs> there's all sorts of things that can make you sleepy. And then he woke up. There's some surveillance video of this guy. He wakes up. He's like, okay, the doors are locked. He kind of like How did pulls the, the door not open. How did spot him before they left? Walgreens are not big. We're not talking about a Walmart here. But he here's the, here's the real key. He leaves. And then he's like, wait, what am I doing? I was in a store full of my own stuff. He comes back in and grabs some cigarettes. He later told officers when he realized he was alone in the store, he said, well, I figured the store was mine at that point. Free for all. I mean, that's not quite how squatters rights works. <laughs> you know, it's not just yours if you fall asleep in the, uh, you know, now, next to the milk. And I'm sure there have been other issues with this gentleman. But, um, yeah, I just don't know how a worker, was he in a bathroom or did he fall asleep between some warehouse boxes or something? 
I Come can't. On. I don't know. I don't know how. I think a worker did not do a uh, look a around. Thorough check. <laughs> yeah, and agree. maybe now so. they are adding something to their protocol of before you close the store, make sure you go through every aisle, go through the boxes, make sure there are you... no human beings <laughs> left inside the store. Well, or the bathrooms. I mean, just yeah. do a check. I know it's you true. want to go home. Yeah. But trying uh, to get out of there. Yeah. Wow. All right. It's time for our favorite segment of the show. Floridian. It is called. Yeah. Oh, you know. Let's. Listen. I was. And now your <laughs> Floridian of the week. So proud of you. Okay, so this just boggles my mind. You have children. I have children. Folks at this daycare, um, they were upset that the mom didn't. You know, when you drop a kid off at daycare, you're supposed to give the diapers that right. fit the kid. Of course. And, you know, and, and have a, enough on hand yeah. for them to have them all day. Give them the formula, the diapers. Right. You take care Been of that. Been there, done that. You're supposed to take care of that as the parent. And if you don't, you kind of stink, you know. But this daycare worker reacted in a bit of a harsh way. Apparently, they usually send notes home, according to this mom. Sure. Let's take a picture. Let's show you a picture of what they did. Now, if you're just online, wow. if you're listening to this podcast, an audio version, there's a child here. Uh, the shirt is raised up to about its chest, and it says, Mom. Somebody wrote in, in Sharpie marker, or marker or Sharpie or yeah, on this child's stomach. Looks like a little boy. It says, Mom, I'm out of diapers. Obviously, this infuriated the mom. Wow, yeah. It would infuriate me as well. I mean, send a note home on a piece of paper and not on the child. Or put it on the diaper. I mean, if there you're you go. really that Somebody's going to change it and see it. Yeah. Well, you would hope. But to write it on the kid. So, obviously, the Floridian of the week is whoever decided to write the worker, on this child. Who is no child. longer there, I read. Uh, yes. The, the worker has been taken care of. I don't know. Now, look, I'm sure that this mom has maybe forgotten diapers way too much. I'm sure they were aggravated and annoyed. Maybe two they thought it would be funny. Two wrongs do not make a right. This one jumps way over the line for me yeah. when you're actually drawing on a child. Yeah. That's... That's a little extreme, and that's uncalled for. And just because mom maybe didn't do her part to add diapers to it, you know, call her into the office or the other parent if there is another parent. But this this is uncalled for. Oh, yeah. I'd have been yeah. spitting yeah. angry if someone drew yeah. on my child. I mean, I had both my kids in daycare, and I can honestly tell you nothing like this ever happened. They would send you a note in paper. Mm -hmm. And I don't know, I always brought enough. But remember, we're not always what everyone else is. I mean, diapers are expensive. They are. Yeah, so, and it's easy to forget. You got a lot going on. Yeah, you know? yeah. So I understand that. So uh, that it wraps up our Florida of the week. The Don't write on children. That is the message. That's the key That's the, the PSA. Week. And we're, uh, <laughs> we're not quite done here. Adriana uh, has covered this guardianship issue we've had in Florida now. Again, now this whole program started because people cared about people. If you right. don't, ha and it's sad that this is even necessary. If you don't have someone who can care for you and loves you enough to make these yeah. decisions when you're incapacitated or unable to make those decisions, you should have someone looking out for you. And right. I, think I mean, think about it. Some people do not have family members living here in Florida with them. Yeah. They might have daughters or sons that live in another state across the country, or as we've seen in a lot of cases, maybe they don't have any family left mm -hmm. or they never had family to begin with. But their, their intentions, I think, with most of the guardians, the majority of the guardians, is to be caring, dedicated individuals to make sure that you are being taken care of. Yeah. But it turns out that at least in many cases that we've heard of from families, they say they've been given this power and some of them 
have run rampant with it and made some really bad decisions. And there's one in particular that has really grabbed a lot of headlines in Florida. Her name sure. is Rebecca Furley. Rebecca Furley. So she explain had an office to us. here in Orlando. Yeah. And uh, from what we've learned, she was put in charge of hundreds, hundreds of cases. And as a result of that, I think she maybe had a system in place. Uh, this is video we got of Miss Furley as she was leaving her Orlando office over the summer. Is that summer. her in the front there? That is her in the front. Yeah. The person in the back is just a worker, but Rebecca Furley uh, had this office here in Orlando, which I just checked, and that building is now up for sale. In December, she put her building up for sale. Okay. It is her. She's owned it since 2009. Uh, the the office signage is now gone. It used to say geriatric management, as you can see here by the video. Uh, that has been taken down, so the building is now up for sale. But her business listings with the state, it's still active. Mm -hmm. So even though she has notified the state that she is no longer a guardian and isn't supposed to be a guardian for anybody anymore since she has resigned her right as a guardian, uh, she still has an open business license. Her LLC is still active with the state. How does one person become in charge of hundreds of people's lives? Is, is there not some sort of limit on how many people you can be a guardian for? Because it seems... They're, unfathomable to me that you could care for that That's what they are looking people. into. Now, if you are a private guardian, most of them have a limit because I've talked to a private guardian. They don't want to be overrun. But she also became a public guardian and she took some of the hard cases, the people that had hard placements with hospitals and things like that. And so if you have someone that keeps saying yes, you as a hospital or the state are like, you're just glad someone is taking on the case to reportedly help this sure. person. But what the problem was is there should have been a checks and balances to see if she was taking on too many cases. And if that is the case, is she actually doing the job she is supposed to do for all of these people? There's a lot of nuances in this. And that is why the FDLE and the Attorney General's Office is still to this day actively investigating this case. It is an open criminal investigation. I just checked in with the FDLE and they just responded back today saying it is still an open and active investigation, a criminal investigation, but so far all this months of investigating, no charges have been filed, but they are going through hundreds of cases that she has handled over the course of a decade. And so that takes a lot of time. It takes a lot of time. You want to make sure that you are doing right by all parties here. Mm -hmm. But as we know, there was a man who she was in charge of that she placed a do not resuscitate order on, even though he said, no, I don't want one. But because he was deemed incapacitated by the court, she got final say of whether or not he needed one or didn't need one. And in her words, in the court testimony, she's all about quality of life versus quantity of life. So she made that decision, whether or not he wanted it, whether or not his family wanted it, she was placed in charge by the court to make that decision and she made it for him. But it seems like even a person who's maybe doesn't have their wits about them could still make that decision, like resuscitate me, think. don't resuscitate and me. And you that's can kind change a, your mind. Yeah. But in this case, that's kind of what has been open for debate. She does have an attorney that is representing her and they have filed appeals saying, look, nothing in the law here requires the state to oversee this. I have been placed in this position to make these decisions for this person. By law, I'm, according to the appeal, 
I'm I'm within the confines I can do of the law. whatever I want basically yeah, you because can the law whether is they live or so die vague. even if not so that's why this law is being uh, there are two new laws that are being proposed on both the House side and the Senate side they're companion bills to see if they can revise this law to become a little bit more specific and honestly pull the reins in on the guardianship program and make sure that there are more checks and balances to make sure that someone is not abusing this mm -hmm. position. Um, in fact, just yesterday I was listening as the Senate bill, Senate bill 994, which has been introduced by Senator Kathleen Pasadomo. And it's gone through two committees, three committees as of yesterday, and it has passed unanimously. I mean, all lawmakers that have so far seen this in committee agree something needs to be done. Uh, you can see this is one of the, the committees right there. And all of them so far have thought, yes, changes need to be made. So far, they are in favor of this bill on both the House side and on the Senate side. And here's what they're planning on doing with this bill. They're wanting to add uh, considerations when a person is appointed as a guardian. They're going to make sure that there will be court consent to authorize these do not resuscitate orders. And that's big because before it wasn't happening. It has to now have court approval where before it was not. At least this is the proposition in the bill. Um, they're saying there have to be additional requirements for the petition for the appointment of a guardian to make sure people aren't just gathering up all of these people and then taking over their lives financially and medically. Uh, some people have said entire fortunes have been used up you know, do they have states. control of the money? That's what I want to know. Now, do they do? Well, they are billing. I mean, it is a guardian is kind of like. But I, wouldn't they bill the state or they bill the actual the they person? Bill the the ward in this case, oh, wow. the patient in the case. So it is a service that is provided. So there is a monthly fee that they provide for all of what they do. And there was some suspicion about her billing practices as well uh, with right. some of her clients, correct? Right. Well, we had hospitals that were also paying her for services for the clients um, for taking care of their medical and financial needs, kind of taking over, you know, hey, we've dealt with their emergency needs here in the hospital. We can no longer take care of them because our job is done, but now someone else needs to step in and take over mm -hmm. their medical care and their financial payments of all of this. And I don't know about you, but anytime you're dealing with caretaking with a person, all those bills, house payments, all of this, and if they are truly incapacitated and can't handle all of that themselves, care is expensive. Even yeah. just in assisted living centers. Oh, they're so Thousands expensive. of dollars. Yeah. And then their service, it's a service. If it's a professional guardian, they're paying for it. Now, if you are a state-appointed guardian, then the state is paying you or a hospital has said, hey, would you help us take care of this person? So then is, the hospital is paying them. Is Furley a state or is she, she a private? both. Oh, she did both. She did both. How could one person possibly handle all of that? Did she have a whole group of people she working had, under her? As you see, she had at least two that we saw, but she may have also outsourced a lot of cases. Mm -hmm. But she just took on a lot of cases. Some guardians and some guardianship practices only take on so much. I mean, think about it. It's almost like a law firm. You can have hundreds of cases that you're working on, yeah. depending on how big your staff is or how big your, uh, I don't know, colleague 
group is sure. like hey i can't take this but this person and it's can all take kind of it. under her umbrella right yeah right so but she took on some of according to the the testimony and according to some of the reports we've been seeing she would take on the hard cases that no one else wanted because they were either stated you know hey this person's in orange county they don't have any family members will you handle it yep send them to me got yep it. send them to me so she yeah. kind of got known as the person that would take the cases, yeah, send them to me because I won't reject it. I mm -hmm. will work on it. And maybe that should have been a red flag. That should have been a huge red flag. Even uh, the transcripts that I've looked at in Orange County between the judge and her and her attorneys and even the attorneys for the hospitals said we should have looked a little closer. Yeah. But, you know, they're just next, thank you, next, thank you, next. And if you're not looking at how many times that has happened, it gets lost in the shuffle. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that makes sense. One other strange aspect of the case, uh, wasn't there like remains found in yes. the office? That weirded me out when I It I heard weirded that. a lot of people out. Um, but apparently this is not unusual because think about it. Let's say you are a guardian in charge of someone's financial and medical well-being mm -hmm. and that person passes away and they haven't... Uh, they haven't had a chance to get in touch with the family member or the family member hasn't contacted them about where to send Aunt Sally's remains, let's say. Yeah. Um, so these guardians are entrusted just... with yeah. the cremains. So these are cremated remains of someone. Mm -hmm. And so while it may seem creepy that it was left in an office, the good news is, is it was being respected enough to be kept in an office and not dumped somewhere yeah okay so something has to happen with these cremated remains the the question was there were so many of them and so then they had to just match up okay whose cremated remains were these mm -hmm. were were these meant to be with this guardian or what what was the status were these cremated remains supposed to be sent someplace and they just failed to follow up or, you know, what what is the story? So that is what the Yeah, because it wasn't Florida one or two. Department. Wasn't it like oh, 13. 13 or 14 or something like that? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. It was, yeah. And there was, you know, cremated remains of a pet, too. So it was just making sure all of that matched up. And we're still waiting. The, the FDLE a couple weeks back did say, we've identified them, but now we're trying to match up families. They didn't release that information to us of who they were. You know, that's still we're still waiting for that information. Um, but unfortunately, as creepy as it is, it is not unusual. Okay. It actually sounds a little more endearing the way hearing you explain it. And I got they this did take from the time a guardian that yeah. I spoke with that okay. is, you know, said, look, I've been doing this for 30 years. And you have to understand sometimes and she had cremated remains in her office yeah. because they were waiting, for example, for the husband who hadn't passed away yet, but was in care mm -hmm. in like a nursing home facility. So until both of them are passed away, then something happens with the cremated remains because, I mean, he's in a nursing facility. So it's What's in he her care. And then yeah. afterwards, I guess it will go to any family member that will take it. Yeah. OK. Well, I'm glad you explained that to me. That yeah. makes more sense because yeah. when you just hear. All these cremated remains found in somebody's office. You're like, what it made is everyone kind of take notice and go, what is going on yeah. here? But I'm glad you're diving deep into this, so you know that. And you you mentioned you talked to, you know, we've talked a lot about the worst case scenario. I would imagine there are a lot of people doing this guardianship program that uh, have the best intentions. Of course, and even the guardians that I have spoken with and that I've heard testify before the lawmakers, they want changes too. They want. Mm -hmm 
this to be better. They want the regulations to be there so everyone is protected. Yeah. Because truly, I think the people that get into this field of work, it is not easy. I mean, there are times where uh, they have to make life and death decisions and the person has not communicated it or they did communicate it and then maybe they'll change their mind or they're getting calls in the middle of the night. I mean, this is a tough job. The yeah. people who take this on either are doing it because they had an experience with a family member and they're like, they don't want others to go through this. But then others may look at it and go, this is someone that truly preyed on the elderly. And that is what they are trying to prevent from happening. Yeah. And like I say, Rebecca Furley has not been charged criminally at all. She is just under investigation. Mm -hmm. um, so her appeals, two of her appeals have been thrown out by the Court of Appeals, but there is still one actively pending. We do know the investigation into all of this is still pending. We do know that she gave up her right to be a guardian last summer when all of this was kind of coming up. We do know that the executive director of the OPPG, which oversaw guardians, also resigned, mm -hmm. was asked to resign. So there have been lots of changes. A lot of attention has been brought on this by the governor on down. And so changes will happen. The question is just how big a changes will happen. Obviously, more oversight is needed to mm -hmm. prevent problems. Yeah, certainly some changes and this is a start. need to be made. Right. Adriana, I'm so glad you're on top of this, and I'm so glad you explained some things to me today that yeah, I had not you. previously understood. We're all learning. New things are yes. coming out every day, but we are trying to stay on top of it, and we are bringing everybody the information as we learn about yeah. it. But the thing to watch now is Senate Bill 994 and House Bill 709 as it is making its way through committee so far. It has received unanimous approval. It keeps going Hopefully through, and we will see what lawmakers decide when this you know, goes up for a vote to become a law. All right, sounds good. Adriana Ivashinsky, thank you so much for being a guest Matt on Florida's Matt Austin, Florida's always a pleasure. Day. You are wonderful. We'll have another investigator next week. I work with an amazing team. You all are I fascinating so lucky. people. So yeah. thank you so much. We appreciate You're it. You're the best. Great job. You're the best. <laughs> have yourself a fantastic week. And we week. miss you, Ginger. We really do. She'll be back in a little bit. Yep. Hopefully soon. <laughs>